Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. You have made it to episode 57. Michael, what is up? Not much. Getting ready for the uh, Thanksgiving travel plans. We are recording this episode the day before Thanksgiving, and I just came back from the grocery store. I was one of one of hundreds of pieces of shit in the grocery oh God, store. Yeah, that, that must have been nuts. Yeah, it was awful, dude. I'm a different person now. I walked in completely civilized. I walked out an extra in Mad Max. All right, it's fucking <laughs> it's fucking mayhem in the goddamn. If everyone was just calm in the grocery store during horrible times it wouldn't be so stressful you know what i mean no man it's like oh, the walking man. dead <laughs> i wish i wish i was a, i was just a brain dead corpse right now after what i after what i had to go through today it's easier <laughs> <laughs> it gets easier you know but yeah so uh this is gonna be a really really fun episode there's a lot to talk about there's a lot of housekeeping stuff um so should, should, I, should I quickly say what the episode is about yeah, yeah. Everything, everything good. Otherwise, going on in your life, how's how's it going? It, you know, everything is good. Everything is good. I want to do a Rivka update. I, I could do a Rivka update now, or I could do it um, later on. We'll, we'll tell them what the episode's about. And okay. To that but, you know, but otherwise, everything's good. Everything's crazy. You know, um, crazy with the holidays. The wedding's coming up soon. You guys have seen. I've been like making a whole bunch of comments on the story segments in the feed and by the way i mean i i mean michael you see i do those morning walk segments um on the instagram feed are those annoying if anyone finds those super annoying let me know because i don't know i don't i don't know if they're fun i try and make them fun you know what i mean they're a lot of fun i i like them and then i tried to do one and i got stuck in the upside down from stranger things <laughs> accidentally it look it, it literally it literally looked like yours was made out of like paper mache because like the I think the upload speed was like a a, what, a crushed snail rolling across the road so it came, it came up like like very grainy like I tried watching yours and I'm like I see one dark blob running away on a rope from another blob is that Michael's dog that was Michael's dog. That was my, that was my pet Pixel. <laughs> oh my god! How have you not named your dog Pixel? It's oh, like that, the perfect name for a tiny dog. That's kind of cute. That's kind of cute. Maybe if I get another one. <laughs> if you find specifically look for another dog to match the name, don't find a dog you love and care about. Find a dog that'll just fit the name. You know what I mean? <laughs> and an accessory and 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 can uh, a canine accessory. There we go. <laughs> Correct. The full Paris Hilton is what I'm trying to tell you to do. I wonder what she's up to now. What watch do you think she wears? What watch do I think? Probably, probably the the watch made from all the dead Chihuahua teeth she's collected over the years. I have no fucking <laughs> idea, dude. I, you can't imagine that she probably goes to those little dogs like Pez, snapping their necks up and eating their throats, or however you take care of dogs. I'm not I, I think Chihuahua teeth would make for very, very legible uh, hour indices. <laughs> Can we get like Urverk on that or like someone who 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 does those crummy DNA watches that has like Ben Affleck semen in them or something like that or whatever, uh, whatever it is? You know what I'm talking about? Who who does that? 
And they did like they did they did like a Titanic watch. I think they did a watch with Depeche Mode, which broke my heart because I, 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 I thought I enjoyed Depeche Mode, but apparently I can't anymore because they're doing dumb watches now with God knows who. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah, they're the ones to do it. I forgot the name of the brand though. So if we can get Paris Hilton to to send all of those fucking Chihuahua teeth she's collected like Holocaust souvenirs, if she can send those to those guys who make the DNA Batman semen watches or whatever, I think that's bad. I, I think that'd be perfect. Dude. I think we're sitting on a literal gold mine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You heard it here first, folks. You heard it here, folks. When Paris Hilton fucking releases this disgusting, just this blight upon the earth, this orological blight upon the earth, it came from here first. All right. I want to know. What's up? My cat's here. Don't I, worry. I, I won't, I, that's hmm? kind of related to today's uh, topic. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, uh, to quickly just give a headline for today's topic. Today's topic is women's watches. <laughs> Today, uh, Michael, Michael and I thought it'd be a lot of fun to actually have an episode, like a like a, a, a boilerplate episode, to open the discussion up on sort of the history of women's watches and really more specifically the role that women have played in the evolution of the wristwatch. Not so much that a wristwatch, you know, for ladies, but specifically how women in women's fashion. I mean, really, in my opinion. Um, was responsible for the wristwatch. That kind of history, but also just the modern conundrum of the women's wristwatch. I mean, I, there, there are plenty of female collectors. There are plenty of, 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 of women working in neurology, like in brands and things like that. Now, obviously the numbers uh, you know, should be more balanced and everything like that, but there are lots of changes and everything like that happening. I, I just think it'd be a lot of fun to just have an episode talking about the history of women's watches and the conundrum of modern women's watches. Does that make sense? Great idea. I'm surprised it's taken this long. I feel like we've discussed it before, you know? But, like, we haven't really... Hold on, sweetheart, what's wrong? Unless you're on fire, I can't help you, okay? Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. But, um, but yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's one of those things that definitely kind of just merits more discussion around it. Because, I mean, we'll get into it, but I don't like how when someone thinks of a women's watch, they immediately just think of something bedazzled out as like a fashion item which immediately connotes someone to think of it as not a proper you know orology piece or something like that but we'll, we'll talk about that but there's there's more housekeeping things we, things we have to get to right now yeah. um you want to talk you want to talk watch news and watch happenings or do you want to do the wrist check first let's uh let's get into the wrist check let's get in, uh, i'm burping all of a sudden let's get into the wrist check i've been talking way too much by the nice people michael what are you wearing um I swear gym. to God, if you're not if you're not wearing a watch and you're starting that no watch, watch fast thing, I'm gonna hang up right now. I I am wearing my arm hair. <laughs> People had a very visceral reaction. I think I think I think Mike Rezacker. I can't. I'm so sorry. I keep fucking your name, dude. Mike Razak, I think he literally like commented. He he audibly gasped when you said the no watch, watch fast. If it, if, <laughs> if it wasn't you, I'm so sorry. I'm a little I'm a little messed up right now. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not doing the no watch watch fast. Um, Thank God. I'm wearing the Citizen EcoDrive Pro Master Diver. Hell yes. On a nice uh, twenty millimeter Toxic NATO standard standard so can I, issue. Can I fit st standard standard two book watch knob issue G four or G ten whatever the fuck it was Toxic <laughs> Shiznit NATO. So yeah. would you say you're a Toxic Shiznit? convert now because I, I, I remember initially there was some i mean you believe the hype but you it's you have to kind of believe it like see it to believe it kind of thing so are you a convert well look when i 
so I have a few of his traps and mm. the Shiznit is really, really nice, but I don't think I've had it long enough to formulate like a definitive opinion. Um, sure. I, I know there isn't, I know there isn't much more that, than like, there isn't much more that I want out of a strap, mm. you know, um, than what I can find in, in the Shiznit. But the thing with the standard NATOs from, from toxic NATOs, like this 20 millimeter one uh, that I keep on this watch and the 22 that I keep on the turtle, um, <clears throat> they break in really, really well. Like, yeah, like not like, not, not like a shitty, like $6 NATO, but like a nice expensive pair of jeans. Like after like a couple years, it's just yeah, like, yeah, really, Breaking really soft. Like, you get the sense that it almost conforms to your kind of body yeah. almost. And if I if I ever forget like what hole I like <laughs> I like attach it in mm-hmm. like like I have that like crease there so oh yeah that's that's kind of nice you know it's I don't know it it really does conform after a while and you get this like really soft comfortable feel and that's not something that I was expecting in in this strap mm. but you know the way that it is now it's it's just perfect for this watch. Um, this is the watch that I like that I run in, that I work out in. That's awesome. Uh, like I use the bezel to time my runs. Um, and like, I just, I don't have to worry. Um, and one thing I kind of noticed recently with this watch, I've, I've talked about it a bunch. So, you know, besides the fact that it's like a standard citizen eco drive diver, um, the loom, like I know Seiko's kind of king when it comes to like their proprietary Lumabrite, mm-hmm. but Citizen Loom is pretty impressive. And okay. I I have not seen it firsthand. I have to though. So I wish the intensity was the same as like what you find in a Seiko. Mm-hmm. But I think the, I like the color tone of the loom in Citizen more than Seiko. Interesting. What's the difference? It's so on the citizen it's a very deep aqua <clears throat> color as opposed to just like oh, bright okay. green. Um and wow. it's I don't know it's cool and it's long lasting. Um I slept with the watch on last night and I know I was like tossing and turning cuz I don't know I just had a lot of work to do and I don't know. Is everyone okay? Everyone's okay over here. Don't worry. Disregard the sound. <laughs> Everything, everything's fine. <laughs> I dropped ice cream. I'm sorry. My fiance literally just dropped a tub of ice cream. It's it's, it's fine. It's it sounded it sounded like the like a basket of spoons. It was it was the 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 shelf in the freezer reverberating from the weight of the ice cream dropping on it. That's fine. It's all good. Welcome welcome to the episode, Becky. She, yeah, Mike says welcome to the episode. <laughs> She was trying so hard to be quiet too, man. <laughs> That's when you get the loudest. That's when you get the loudest, like a tiptoeing thief in the night that lets a mean fart rip through the hallway. You know what I mean? Oh man. But yeah, this thing is cool, man. I um I feel like I have to get into Citizen a little bit more. I, mm-hmm. I know I'm I'm kind of a Seiko nut. Um we I think we both are <laughs> in some ways. Do you Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you have a citizen? Do I have a citizen? No, but I want a citizen. I want, I want to get more specifically, and this kind of harkens back to the vintage watch, affordable vintage watch episode part four. 
Um, I want to get into vintage citizens. I want to get into. Um, I want to get more into Orients. Uh, with citizens specifically, dude, I really want to get into the satellite waves. But my huge hang-up is those things are fucking gigantic. It looks like a silver dollar ate fourteen other silver dollars, <laughs> and then and then someone just someone put some some watch straps on it, and I'm just like, oh, like I would, I don't want a giant fucking like I, I I know it probably is that size to accommodate the satellite wave GPS technology. Because I know the I know the Astrons and the um, Oceanus series are also like giant transformer hemorrhoids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, if you can fit a camera in a button, like a, like a shirt button, there's gotta be a way to make this goddamn GPS watch smaller, dude. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, part part of the reason I'm I'm wearing this <clears throat> this Citizen, and uh, you know, part of the reason I sold that other watch I told you about. Um, mm-hmm. Is because I'm I'm also trying to get into the satellite wave models a little bit more. Really nice. Um, and a lot of those are titanium though. So although they're like really really big, um, you know I I think it's probably still manageable if you try to get one on your wrist. It's just are there citizen boutiques or are they just like kind of department there store? Is there is a citizen boutique in the outlet mall here? Mm. How weird is that? Maybe I should go there and do some story segments and yeah. live stream and freak out the norms. Yeah, try try on some satellite waves and, and let me know how it goes. <laughs> I didn't tell you. Can I do a short satellite wave story? Yeah, yeah, of course. No, that's 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 kind of it for me. I'm wearing this this uh, EcoDrive ProMaster Diver, and it's it's awesome. Bring that thing when you come for the wedding. I want to see it. I, I, I obviously I saw it when I was here when I mailed it your way, but I didn't like like interact with it. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll bring it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a short satellite wave story before um, I jump into my wrist check. So I was in a department store. I was doing story. So people who listen to the show, if you follow on Instagram, I was doing story segments of me trying to find um, ties for my groomsmen. And I guess for me, I was doing story segments of me in the mall around here doing that. And um, in one of the department stores, I think it was like a Macy's or like a Bloomingdale's or some some garbage. They had a big table with a bunch of citizens. And I'm like... You know what? Let's go. Let's go. Let you know, let's just go. Let's go. Let's 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 take a chance on life. I have to stop taking chances on life. You know what I mean? I mean they're not gonna work out. I, I, the, the the idea of the serendipitous happy moment that shit that ship sailed. Okay, it's not gonna happen. I gotta stop trying to think I'm gonna have good times by surprise. <laughs> so I go to the counter. And I go and I meet the guy, and he's this guy has just this long face, not because he's particularly sad, but more because he's he's an older guy, and you could just tell he's been beaten by life. He's done. Face is just droopy, and he's got this like he's got like a slight New York accent. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's just like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, yeah, hey, man, you know, I. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm like, hey, I saw these online, and I thought it'd be kind of fun to like interact with them here, you know. And I was looking specifically at this model. It was the one that we talked about on air, I think during, I think like the Apocalypse Watch episode, like like the Doomsday. No, it was the Hurricane Watch episode special. It was like the CC two three zero seven seven, the one that you tried on also. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm and I saw it in the case. I'm like, oh shit. Um, you know, I've seen that one specifically online. Can I try it on? It's like, uh, well, which one there? I'm like, the the one. Uh, it's got the blue. It's got the blue dial. Yeah, there's a lot of blue dials in the case. I can't see it from the same angle 
but you're seeing it on the side. I'm like, no, dude, I know. I'm just, I'm, mm, mm. like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to like point to it. <laughs> I'm trying to like point to the person at the deli counter what kind of fucking cheese I want. But there's just some sort of like somehow that's just just not happening, you know. Eventually, we agree on which watch I want to talk about, and it's that watch. And he pulls it out, and um, and and you would have thought, Michael, that that interaction had taught me to not ask this man any questions. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But no, I wanted to ask him questions because I'm stupid. All right. And so I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of. Familiar. I was doing the dumb thing where like you go into a boutique, you pretend to not know about a watch. We talked about that. Um, yep. I was, I was, I was like, oh yeah, I've been kind of like googling the Eco Drive technology. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Uh, I know, um, I know this, I know it's radio time and I'm like, okay, but (laughs) what's radio time? Uh, I'm like, I I think he meant atomic time, but technically he was wrong, but I didn't want to like say it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, so it uses the radio to tell time. Yeah. Um, you know, you press one of these, I think you press this button and it syncs up to radio time and he pressed some button and the thing like reset and it reset to where all the hands were at 12 and then he kind of got freaked out he's like um oh i just I, okay then i'll just press this other one and i guess they'll go back and he pressed the other button nothing happened <laughs> and so he pressed the first button again nothing happened pressed the second but nothing happened and he looked at the, he looked at the watch he's like uh hold on and he put the watch down in front of me turned his back to me and went on the little Macy's computer. You know what I mean? Sure. To like type up the model number and everything. And I'm like, I could just grab this watch and run. This guy doesn't give a shit. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, uh, okay, so this is the uh, citizen satellite wave. I'm just going to read you what it says here. The watch is slumped over on his side in the, like on top of the case. I'm not even holding it. I'm like, uh, okay. And so he's like, uh, it's got a power reserve, although I didn't see one on there. It says it has one. Uh, it's got the date on it. And I'm just like, wow, this is horrible, dude. And so he's just like <laughs> reading like the bullet points of everything on there. And he's like, he's like, uh, so yeah, you know, um, I don't know how much you saw it for online, but here in the store, it's listed for $1,100. And I'm like, ah, fuck, that's a lot of money. But um, I mean, I, I could just do 500. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> he didn't consult any books. He didn't like think particularly hard. He didn't look for like a sticker. He's like, yeah, I could probably just do 500. And I'm just like, wow, that's actually a really good price. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm like, I was like half tempted. I'm like, I'm like, wow, this guy, this guy knows he's had to give a shit. If you can just <laughs> discount things 70% after having like a five minute conversation with me as he breaks the eco drive. You know what I mean? Nice. I told him I think about it. He's like, oh, okay. And he put the watch back in the case. And I'm like, I don't think he, I, I think he broke it. I think he's scared of just broke that fucking watch, dude. You know? Very possible. It's entirely possible. God in heaven. But the point is the watch, you're right. It's too big. I tried on the same watch you tried on. It's too big. I really wanted to like it. It's just too fucking big. Mm. You know? And it's got weird lugs to what I can't put on a new strap. Like I have to use the bracelet it comes with. Yeah, that's true. It, it would probably look good on rubber. Because it, it, it has that, that, that Vacheron Constantine Ocean Ear, whatever the fuck it's called. Ocean. <clears throat> Overseas? Ocean, over Ocean Avenue by Yellow Car. Whatever the fuck it's called. Like, it's got one of those vibes. You know what I mean? <sighs> I gotcha. It's got an electric violin in the back, dude. But, um. 
Sorry. Uh, but yeah, so 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 is it my turn for the wrist check? I'm so sorry, it, it's, guys. It's your turn. <laughs> Go for it. So I'm wearing an old watch, but I'm wearing it on a new strap. So this is a lot of fun. I'm wearing my Seiko Blue Lagoon Samurai. I think it technically it's the SRP, because people keep asking me. SRP B09 K1? K1, I think. Yeah, I think it's K1. Listen, guys, if you just Google Seiko Blue Lagoon Samurai, you're going to find it, all right? So I'm wearing this watch, but I'm wearing it on a leather strap from EA8, who, good friend of the show, he's a leather worker, uh, he has this shop, he's got this really cool, I love, like, he has these in-process kind of videos on his feed and everything like that, he does the, like, the leather working just, like, in the shop, like, for fun, and it's just, he's super knowledgeable, and he sent me this strap and a couple other ones. This strap right now that I have the samurai on. You guys saw it on the Instagram story segment I did, and I got a lot of really nice comments and DMs about it. It's like a medium tone, super really like grainy leather. It's almost like a like a weathered pebble. And it's but the my favorite part, and I feel like Michael, I talked about this even when when you were here, we were working together. I finally have a tasteful medium tone leather strap with blue stitching. Hmm. I have wanted a strap like this ever since I think I've had the Sumo, even though I had this in the Samurai because it's better in the Samurai. Ever since I've had the Sumo, I've wanted something like this. So the cool thing is he basically, EA8 handmade this strap. That's that He doesn't have machines. He doesn't have like pieces that he buys pre-made. It's basically, it's the difference between buying like Marie Callender's pre-made lasagna where you just blow torch it and it's cooked and then actually like making all the pasta yourself and like slaughtering all the sheep for their cheese or however we get sheep's cheese. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure how that works. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it's, 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 you know, clubbing the tomatoes to death to make the sauce or however. I'm not really sure how one cooks. I'm not really like a cook, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, see, hand makes the straps. The stitching on this part is, the stitching on this watch is my favorite because the thing is, you can tell it's hand stitched. There's like a certain specific like substantial quality it doesn't feel like it was shit out of a factory it feels like a motherfucker was sweating and cursing while he was making this thing <laughs> and stabbing himself in the hand with a needle you know what i'm saying like it's like it's it's a it's a particular difference it's almost like not to sound like cheesy but like particularly like, like a craftsman difference you know yeah yeah it makes sense so I got that on here right now. It's 22 millimeters. I love this strap. I think the back of it is super, super cool. The keep on here is a lot of fun. I'll tell you, my favorite part is the stitching. The stitching is tight, dude. EA8, if you're listening, stitching is legit, man. I mean, although you know that. I told you that already. Um, I love the buckles got on here. It's got good presence. The thickness of this thing is perfect for like a dive watch. I know people are strange about leather straps on dive watches, but I don't give a shit. I think it's fucking awesome on here. I'm going to try and do a dedicated shot of this for the feed. I'm going to try and do one potentially for Sego Catterday, just so we can have this up on the feed as well as a photograph, um, and also so we can put it in the show notes for people who aren't on Instagram and who want to check this thing out. And uh, and we'll we'll link EAH's feed as well, although, although I'm pretty sure most folks who listen to the show are probably, uh, probably following him. And if you're not, you should, because it's a lot of fun. Um... But yeah, I, I think this thing is badass, you know? I, I know I know you're not super into leather, but I can say after having a lot of leather straps, this thing is super cool. You know, super happy with it. Yeah, no, I, I can't <clears throat> I can't deny the aesthetic um kind of beauty that mm -hmm. you find in, in leather. Uh, I actually just tried on the I finally got a chance to try on the Tissot Visa date in person. Oh cool, how was it? 
it was really really nice i think that's gonna be the <laughs> one when when the time comes when the time is right maybe after the holidays and stuff i think that's gonna be that might be the white dial it's, it's a close race between that and the sarb 035 that's but, so tough that's so because the thing is you know you can't go wrong with the sarb 003 or 035 whatever the fuck it is yeah but there's something specifically about the viso date or viso date. Mm-hmm. There's almost like an X factor. Yeah. The Seiko's the Seiko Sarb 035033, whatever the fuck it is. It's I don't want to say it's playing it safe, but it's like it's like knowing you want to get drunk and then just chugging vodka. Yeah, we know it's gonna work, it's gonna be great. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I feel like the viso date or the viso date is like you stumbling into like a corner bar where no one else is and they're just serving absinthe and sugar, and you're like, mmm. <laughs> this could work too. There's an X factor, I feel like, with the with the with with the TSO. So, yeah, just bear just bear that in mind as you make your choice. You can't go wrong. That either way, you're gonna get drunk. That's the that that, that that's that's the headline. You know what I'm saying? But I think um <clears throat> I think that one has like a like a crocodile leather strap that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was gonna be like garbage because a lot of croc straps are when you, when you're shopping in that range, right? Um. Exhibit A, the Seiko Alpinist. <laughs> if y'all like dog leather pressed with a crocodile pattern, <laughs> that Alpinist is for you. <laughs> how how well do you think? Oh man, yeah, leather working is pretty popular. Do you think? Do you think I would do well if I open up a dog leather products like kind of company? So specifically, products made from dog leather. Yeah, it's just like imagine imagine if like Patek came out with a watch next year and it was like it wasn't it wasn't croc, it wasn't calf, it was just dog leather. Do you think it'll work out for them? I think it would work out if no, I really do because there's an angle, Michael. It's not just any dog leather. This is dog leather harvested from purebred German shepherds that were fed nothing but rabbit stew for the first 10 years of their life. If you sell the story, you know what I mean? They'd have to be they'd have to be like dogs that grew up with Philippe Dufour in his backyard. Yeah, Philippe Dufour <laughs> personally made out with every single one of these dogs that we made a leather strap from. Like a full long I know, like a full on tongue lashing. <laughs> but like to making to- out to the point. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about this. The making out to the point where after the first 10 seconds, it feels like you're fighting the other person with your mouth. Like that <laughs> type of dog making out uh, occurred with, <laughs> I'm so sorry, with Philip, <laughs> whatever the fuck his name is, I keep forgetting, and those dogs. And they made, and then those dogs were clubbed to death after the tomatoes were clubbed to death for the lasagna the EA8 makes with leather <laughs> straps. And then those dogs were then harvested in a wood chipper and they made leather straps out of them for, <laughs> for Patek Philippe. Well, this is a good episode. This is good. I think it's going well so far. <laughs> but that's that's good. That's a, a good transition to the point I wanted to make. Uh, EA8, the stitching looks very nice on your straps. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like you're using dog leather. <laughs> no, he's, he's using really cool shit. One of the straps he sent me was Horween. It's my first Horween strap. And the thing is awesome. My cats keep trying to eat it. I don't know if that's a mark of quality, but... Is, is Horween a company? I believe it is. A, it's a specific. It's a branded leather. My, I mean, someone could totally correct me because I'm not a leather expert at all. I'm not into to, to like like leather goods. I don't know shit. I had I had like a plastic wallet for a long time. You know what I mean? I bought my belt from Express. 
So I don't really know anything about like leather, but my understanding is that it's a brand. Does that make those, sense? Those those are nice belts at Express. Are they? I don't know. I bought it. I bought it like 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 probably in two thousand and seven. They're okay. The thing is, the belt is no longer straight. The belt has conformed to the shape of my belly pressing down on it. Yeah, my belt looks like it was tortured on Game <laughs> of Thrones. <laughs> Where's the gold? I'll never talk. That's awesome. <sighs> but yeah, man, that's what I'm wearing. I think the strap is super, super cool. Check out EAH feed. He's got a lot of really just cool in-process videos. It's also really, really fun. He's got a lot of watches and copy shots that he does. Really, really cool stuff. Super funny guy. If you see a strap and you have a question, you can just ask him a question. Even just about anything. I mean, he's just he's super knowledgeable, which is, like, in my opinion, the best part. He's not just someone that wanted to do something to make money. He's doing something because he knows a lot about it. And it's one of those things where you can tell someone feels good doing something good for someone else. You know what I mean? And, like, dad's, like, a proper craftsman, in my opinion. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So... Definitely check out the feed. Um, I'll 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 post more shots of this strap, and uh, yeah, you know, good stuff. Uh, should we move on to? We have watch news. There's things that have happened in the watch world that upset me. Upset you? Potentially. Upset I'm, you? I'm I'm always upset, Michael. <clears throat> I'm I'm still I'm still real upset. I still I visualize someone clubbing clubbing dogs to death. And I'm still pretty <laughs> upset about that. <laughs> so I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking about that. That's gonna be with me forever. So I'm sorry, guys. But uh, but there. What? Let's 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 hear your. I want to hear your take. Something happened in Beverly Hills. Something of orological significance happened. Yeah. Should, should we talk? Should we talk about this? Yeah, we can talk about. It. We were supposed to talk about it last episode, but we <clears throat> ran out of time. Yeah. Um. So I think it's official now. The Grand Seiko Boutique finally opened on Rodeo Drive. A Grand Seiko Boutique, not as not the third Seiko Boutique. The first Grand Seiko. If you walk in there and ask for a Prospects watch, they're going to put an MNE up your asshole and light it on <laughs> is, is it not the place. Is it is it potentially the only Grand Seiko boutique in the world? Or is it just in the U.S.? I've never heard of a Grand Seiko boutique. It might be the world. I mean, in my uninformed opinion, it could be. I've never heard. I mean, like, that's why I wanted to clarify. It's not the third Seiko boutique, but it's a Grand Seiko boutique, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Definitely the first in the States. Oh god, yeah, yeah, you know, without a doubt. So, but yeah, that happened on the on the West Coast. I assume you were there, sipping champagne and and, and mingling with the with the beautiful Hollywood folk. I, I was not. No. Oh my god, what the fuck, dude? I was walking in the rain by myself. <laughs> All by myself. But that happened. It's interesting. It's interesting on lots of different levels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm I mean, I'm not sure how I feel. I'm I'm all for having another place where I can just kind of walk into and play with a ton of Grand Seiko watches. Mhm. Um, but the I think the issue that the two of us have when when seeing this kind of news is, you know, how are they trying to position the brand? Um, what is what is Grand Seiko becoming? Um, and this this is a pretty aggressive um move, I think after seeing what happened at Basel with the, I guess, separation of the Seiko name from the Grand Seiko name and, yeah. uh, you know, how the two are going to exist together. There are just a lot of questions. And, and I think when you see something like this come along, um, it's it's very easy to 
feel lost as a fan of Seiko and and as a fan of Grand Seiko. Because, I mean, Grand Seiko, I think, appeals most to uh, orology watch nerds that have been around the block a couple times, you know? They they've done the Rolex thing, possibly. They've done the IWC thing, possibly. Um, probably have a few of each, and you know, are are they know very well that these watches like measure up to to those other Swiss brands. Like, there's mm-hmm. no there's no Swiss versus Japanese argument in their head. Like they like they're playing the same kind of game, right? Um, and then also potentially people that are just really into the Japanese culture and Seiko as a brand, who knows? Mm-hmm. And they, they want like a really, really nice watch. Maybe they're into like the stealth wealth kind of thing. Maybe that's like a different group of people, but do we think it's going to perform well at that location? No. The answer, <laughs> the answer is no. Michael. I mean, the, the, it's, it's, it's specifically in an area that is a high retail location. So, those types of areas don't necessarily lend themselves well. They only lend themselves well to people who not make impulse purchases, but people who are kind of, let's say, you know, oh, let's walk around the strip. Let's walk around the drive and kind of like, let's shop if we want to. No one is going to impulse purchase a Grand Seiko. It doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense. People will impulse purchase a, a Rolex if their father's birthday is coming up next month. They want to surprise him. People will impulse purchase, you know, an Omega. Because the thing is, an impulse purchase is only possible if the brand value has already been articulated before the person ever walks into the store. And with Grand Seiko, that doesn't happen. With Grand Seiko, there's a certain kind of upstream you have to do as like a salesperson talking to someone who just walks in and be like, oh, I uh, I came in to use the bathroom and uh, you guys got some watches. That's a hard fucking sale to do. You know what I mean? But if someone wants to walk into Rolex and, you know, uh, they want to buy their son a graduation gift or something like that, they're already here because they know you guys got good watches. They're not here so you can break a dollar for the fucking parking meter on the, on the front. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's specifically, it's, it's it looks great on paper and in headlines, but the... The longevity, like, of that type of idea is just odd. I mean, like, to me, it's odd, you know? Well, I don't think I don't think it's impossible for this this move to be successful. And I'll, t- I'll mm-hmm. tell you why. Seiko has been very aggressive um, with how they're taking charge of the U.S. market. Uh, we look at the boutique in Miami. We know that it's right next door to the Rolex boutique. We look at yep. the boutique Stones in New York throw. City. It's right next door to the Rolex boutique. So I was, my wife and I were standing outside of the Rolex boutique, um, waiting for an Uber driver. And it was funny. He called. He called me before, and he was like, "I don't, I don't know where you are. Like, what do you mean?" And I'm just like, <laughs> "I'm like, I told him just look for the Rolex crown. That's where I'm standing." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I know that part." Um, funny, and so dude. as so as we were waiting, uh, brand power, right? So as we were as we were waiting, uh, these like two like girls walked by and they were just like, oh, my God, like Rolex. Like, what do you think of one for dad and stuff like that? Like and they just like totally walk past the Seiko boutique. Yeah. But but I think what's key here is how they staff the Grand Seiko boutique, because that was right after I walked out of a um, a spring drive presentation 
um that was that was done by joe kirk and yeah. man if you have people like him staffed in there and they're able to kind of like educate people as they peruse on in and just look around and stuff they might make the impulse purchase because I was, you know, I was with there with my wife and, and they took apart their latest uh, spring drive GMT movement. Yeah. And he went, he went over like all the history and like the fact that it was like this, this movement spring drive was just like decades in the making. Like we, we look at it now and it's like, wow, like incredible. But like Seiko was planning for this and like, <clears throat> researching this like decades ago. Yeah. And when he was, when he was all done, like, you know, nor she knew about Seiko and stuff, but she was just like, you got to get one of these. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, you, you haven't seen the checking account. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you, babe. No, it's a good point. The thing is, it's, it's, it's that you, that you actually bring up an excellent point that brings an element of uh, like a dynamic element into the buying experience that I didn't account for. It's the people you actually have in the store. Joe Kirk is not only very educated, he's very passionate, but he's also, this is why I love, he's not a hard seller. I've been in that. I've been in there a bunch of times. I, I've only ever bought my Blue Lagoon, and the times I've gone in there, I've just gone to hang out, and that's totally cool. Right. You know what I mean? But but there is irony. There's there's irony in Seiko trying to luxurify the Grand Seiko name because that was the immediate course of action that the Swiss brands had to take after the quartz crisis. That's funny. Um, so that's essentially what they're trying to do, you know, opening up a boutique in Rodeo Drive. And like, like we said, that's fine on paper and it looks great. Um, and I hope it does really, really well, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an uphill battle, I think. And I think you, you have to, you have to staff the place really, really well. You have to have your best people there. Here's the, well, here's the thing also. I think there is a battle to still be won before people come into the store. Michael, I am not being facetious. I am not joking. They have to get, like, the next Bond or the next action star wearing a Grand Seiko. Yeah. I mean, well, Bond, like, Bond had a Seiko for, for a few movies. Yeah, ironically. I mean, like, <laughs> like, like, like him, him, like, like kicking a bunch of cosmonaut ass wearing like a Grand Seiko, uh, like, like spring drive diver or something like that. You know what I mean? Just like something super killer or like, or like him being like, like the full Bond tuxedo wetsuit, but instead of like a Rolex, he goes and he's got like a, like a snowflake on or that new peacock garbage or the fuck it's called. You know bon, what I'm saying? Bond might like, be tough, but I, I think they definitely need a George Clooney. So, ooh, yeah, I can see that. But some, I, I know it's super dumb, but you have to get the shit munchers on board. You have to put a sexy action star. <laughs> no, seriously, dude, I, mean, I hate saying it like that, but you have to get the shit munchers on board. You have to put the watch on some sort of movie star because you don't necessarily attract a larger audience by saying, oh, it's a Seiko, I love Seiko. It's, oh, dude, that guy looks fucking awesome. I want to be like that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, keep, I keep thinking back... Um to this uh, I guess you could call it like a watch collection video with Robert Robert Downey Jr. Have you seen that one? I saw a, a headline and I didn't want to click it. I just I knew I would get upset. But so was I guess, it good? I guess there's still like a negative stigma uh, whether he was joking or not you know when when kind of looking at Seiko watches because he was going I think he had like a Speedmaster. He had one of those like uh, Hulk Rolexes. He had a Bell and Ross. I think like a Jaeger or something. 
and then he shows like he shows like a Patek fifty seven twelve to the camera, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, this is like from my wife or something." And he's like, "Yeah." At first, I was like, "Did you get me a Seiko?" <laughs> you fuck him, all right? <laughs> well, he's he he has become Iron Man in real life. He's he's actually Tony Stark. He doesn't he doesn't know how to turn it off. I think at this that, point. That, I mean, that's the best thing you could ever do with any type of career <laughs> is to just get paid for being who you are. You know. But yeah, I think I think there's still in in the Uber high luxury realm um, a lot for Grand Seiko to to work toward. Yeah. Um and I think a lot of people still look at it as a as a cheap brand, you know. Uh maybe that's what they thought of when removing just Seiko from the dial and putting a GS there. Who knows? I don't know. Uh and then what the hell happens with Creedor? <laughs> like what is it? Now? Well, Creedor is specifically if you're some kind of European dictator and you really want like a watch made out of like gold harvested from moon dust i don't know i i, I don't know man i don't know what the fuck the it, it it there are so many other lines there's also galants you know what i'm saying there are there are several different lines in seiko it's just a matter of figuring out how they want to segment them or yeah. whether they should be segmented i mean obviously they're going to segment them now because now there's there's presage there's fucking creedor there's the goddamn you know, okay, this is how I kind of see Creedor. I see Creedor as um, showcase pieces. Look look how specifically precise, elegant, and kind of luxurious we can make these show pieces. And people buy them. Obviously, people buy them. You know what I mean? But they're really more kind of displays of... What the fuck? I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the goddamn word. It's, it's, it's showing people like like how big their dick is. You know what I mean? I don't expect you to touch it, but I want to see how big my dick is. Like that kind of display with career. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I can't think of like a more uncrass way of saying it. God damn it. I used to be so good at using words, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> and something happened, dude. I think I, I think I, 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 something, something fucked me up along the way, dude. You know? But, God uh, damn it, man. But yeah, so I think it'll be interesting. I mean, if I'm ever on the West Coast, I'll probably walk in until one of those guys kick me out, you know. But um, let me look here. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we get to the main topic? Because I want to make sure I have enough time for the main topic. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm good. I think that was kind of the, the big piece of news that we missed out on last time. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, should, should I do a really quick Rivka update? Really, really quick? Yeah, go for it. So, so, so right now, basically, just to update everyone because it's been a while, I am full steam ahead in the pre-orders in the early adopter pre-orders so there's 27 people who are confirmed signed on a lot of you are getting renders we're going back and forth if you haven't heard from me yet you will in the next couple of days because that's basically what's happening right now it is so much work it is so much more work michael than i fucking ever anticipated but it's good it's one of those things where i'll bust my ass i know i'm losing brain cells by focusing so hard but like it's rewarding because not just because I'm doing something like with my hands and creativity, but because a lot of these watches are the results of just collaborating with you guys, with the 27 folks who've signed on as early adopter, pre-order early adopters, you know what I mean? There's something really, really just cathartic about putting one's head together with someone else to make a vision come to life. So mm-hmm. right now, right now, that's where it's at. Um, really heavy in the renders. Once all the renders are done and confirmed and production starts, 
I think what I'm going to do, because a lot of people have asked me about this, because a lot of you guys are super interested in the Rivco watch idea and the MTP one, but you're not necessarily sure if you want to go down the custom watch route, which is totally understandable because it is, it is not for everyone. You know what I mean? That's not necessarily saying it in like a derogatory or positive way on either end of the spectrum. It's just not for everyone in the same way that not everyone likes Almond Joy. Not everyone likes shit-covered chocolate. You know what I'm saying? That's basically <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you like Almond Joys or not, Michael, but they're, they're very polarizing from what I understand. <clears throat> so what I'm doing is once these renders are done and once production starts, I think I'm going to share two or three presets preset MTP one, so the flower dial and two other ones um, with folks who are interested, they can they can either just like look at that watch as is, or we could just use that watch and like switch up colors or something like that. Just something super, super fun. I just wanted to keep it super, super fun and super accessible. And as many or as few fucking walls of red tape as possible that's why when i first started this i'm just like listen i can't find an e-commerce platform that works i can't find any kind of merchant services that works if you want to fucking do this just email me or call me (laughs) (laughs) you know so i mean right now that's where it is it's super heavy into the renders um designing everything from just like very very kind of avant-garde abstract ideas very very personal ideas a lot of architectural designs because a lot of guys uh, are looking for a watch that are kind of like reminds them of the city they're from and everything like that. So, and I, I, I didn't realize how much fun it would be, sort of designing with like an architectural ethos. It's a lot of fun, you know. Um, I'm, I, I don't have like a design background or anything like that. I'm, I'm just an asshole. So it's, it's, it's interesting, kind of having this sort of uh, expressive back and forth with folks to learn what's important to them and to put it in the watch and everything like that. But I mean, everything's going great right now. Um, once the renders are complete, uh, payments will be will be transferred, and then once that happens, I'm going to use that to get all the shit I need to make the watches. You know, movements, all the all the materials I need for the machine. I have to buy another machine. Um, I gotta I gotta do. I'm making all. I, I don't know if I've ever talked about this. I'm making my own packaging, also. Oh. Um, because cool. I didn't want. It, I think it's dumb to just like buy a box. I think it's dumb to make a fucking watch and then just buy a box and just shove the watch in there with bees. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> some so bees. I'm, it's just it's some. One day, Michael, someone's gonna mail us some goddamn bees. You know. <laughs> but um. But yeah. So I'm making my own packaging. So I have to get all the materials and kind of start figuring out logistics for that. Um. I'm contemplating for these early adopter pre-orders having personalized packaging. I'll, I mean, I'm, I'll, you, you know, people I'm working with, you guys don't have to worry about that. I'll personalize it for you. Just do something really special and fun. Um, each watch that's going out, that's going out, it's getting a handwritten note from me. Um, really, just want to make it special. That makes sense. Is there going to be like a salsa stain on the notes? It something? depends. If, it depends if I'm eating salsa at the time. <laughs> I could be eating beef like 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 drippy beef negamaki, and I'll just get that just like that delicious sauce all over the note. It really depends. It depends what time of day I write your note, guys. You know? <laughs> there you go. So if you get the note and it's got coffee all over it, I probably wrote it in the morning. If you get it and it has just like Jack and Coke all over it, I probably wrote it at night or in the morning. Depends. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, man. that's that's. I'm sorry. That's the Rivka update. It's really, really going well. I'm sorry, I'm not very communicative online about it. It's just sometimes I'm just like super heads down, and I'm working on it. If you haven't heard from me yet about your render, you will soon. Um, 
Is that it? Does that sound like everything for Rivka right now, at least? Sounds pretty good. I'm excited to hear uh, an update because, like you said, it's been a while. And uh, yeah, yeah, you have a lot of work on your hands. <laughs> Dude, it's insane. It's it's it's. I'm. This is such a crazy good learning experience for me. That's that. Like like that's why I didn't anticipate how much I was actually going to learn. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. but yeah, let's let's. I want to get to the main topic at hand. I think it's really really important. I think it's a really special topic. Basically, the role that women have played in the evolution of the wristwatch and the modern conundrum of women's wristwatches. Like, the conundrum of modern wristwatches. There you go. Um, what's your take on it, just at, like, a super, super high level? When you think... Let's start there before I get to the history, because I don't know how much the history that you've read up on. But when you hear someone say, women's watch, what do you think? Uh, Michael Kors. I know that's that's kind that's, of very, that's a very, that's very, a very good surface. yeah that's a good modern interpretation. I mean, it's a good modern interpretation in that they are departing away from some negative aspects, uh, some presumptuous aspects of, of women's watches. But mm -hmm. that's but the, I mean, still obviously keeping it within a certain sort of fashion theme. But that yeah, I mean, I, I I would say, I would say for me it's the same. I think Michael Kors, but I also have this. Um, part in my brain that when I hear women's watch, I think of something like thin and dainty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or or fucking huge and rose gold plated. Michael Horse. <laughs> um, but I, I know that it goes it goes deeper than that. I know that uh, I think wristwatches initially were just not worn by men. My my history could be kinda hazy there, but it just You're, it just wasn't a dude thing. 100% correct. And there's a whole social and gender aspect behind that. The first watches ever worn on the wrist were worn by women, but they weren't worn as watches. They were worn as bracelets and jewelry that happened to have <laughs> a time complication on it. So I think, um, I think technically Breguet was the first one to make one for some fucking person. I have no idea who. Um, and this was in like must have been like uh, like late 1800s. That's when Breguet was alive and kicking, right? Yeah, and I, the, the Breguet <clears throat> has another connection to, I guess, a very famous uh, woman's watch, which is the, the one made for Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette, yeah. Marie Antoinette's watch. Um, um, so it's, it's interesting. The women's watch, the women's wristwatch is more... There's a gender aspect to it because back in the day, the idea of femininity was really emphasized with dainty hands and like ankles and like feet and things like that. So I had, so I, have I ever talked on air about this old Russian professor that I used to have? No. Oh my God. So I, 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 I when I was in undergrad and grad school, I studied, I studied uh, Russian literature. And when I was an undergrad, I, I, I made a point to have the same professor because he was hilarious, okay? Guy was, everything was an emergency. He grew up during the Cold War. So everything was just an emergency to this guy, okay? And so uh, we were reading, there's uh, there is an, it's a section of, oh, someone's breaking into your home. Someone's breaking into your home. Someone's coming. Someone's, someone's breaking into your home. No. Hey. <laughs> Continue. Okay. Uh, there's a section early on in um, the poem by uh, uh, I'm such an idiot. I'm, I'm going to forget it right now. A a Alexander Pushkin, and uh, it's called uh, uh, Eugene Onegin. 
Evgeny Onegin, and it's um it's a it's a part where the narrator Eugene Onegin is very very descriptively talking about how he finds like the 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 small size of women's feet attractive. And we're reading this in class, okay. and our professor was just like, "Now I understand some of you might find this a bit strange, but you have to understand. Back in the 1800s, breasts were everywhere. Dresses were pushing up breasts, and there's bread, old breasts, and the young breasts, and dead breasts, and live breasts. Breasts <laughs> were everywhere, but women wore gloves, and their feet were hidden behind these dresses. You can't see their hands. You can't see their feet. What's going on?" I don't know. Men are intrigued. Let's write poetry about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I thought that was the funniest explanation I've ever heard in my life. But it makes sense. The idea behind uh, 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 the dainty female femininity in the 1800s when like watches were becoming a thing for aristocrats and luxury and things like that also, it's it's I feel like it's reinforced by something I learned when I was going through the music program. So the predecessor to the piano was the harpsichord. The harpsichord originally had the same kind of keyboard as a piano, but all the keys were black. All mm -hmm. the keys were black specifically because only women played the harpsichord. And women at the time in the countries where these things were happening were all white. So the whiteness and the daintiness of their hands was accentuated against the black keys. Huh. You know? So it makes sense that the first wristwatches were basically jewelry accompaniments for women hmm. you know it wasn't until like the world wars where dudes started wearing wristwatches right yeah because if you pulled out a pocket watch in the trenches you were gonna get your your head blown off you get bayoneted yeah <laughs> you get bayoneted and they'd mail your gonads to your widow yeah yeah you know so but what i what i find interesting is that I feel like a lot of modern women's watches now are still sort of designed with the idea of being a fashion -y, a fashion accompaniment for a specific kind of gender uh, nuance, like a gender role. That is not the same for men's watches anymore. If men's watches became, if, if men's wristwatches evolved because of war, we've departed from that. And now it's sort of much more expanded, but for some reason, when I think people think of women's wristwatches, they still think of them very much as fashion accessories to accentuate, I feel weird saying femininity, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, yeah, but some, it's it's also interesting to see how some watches that were originally made for men um, kind of work for women today. And, and one of- Yes, yes. And like, it's the the model that I'm going to bring up now is almost more popular with women now than it is for men, um, and it's the Cartier Santos, which is technically cool watch. technically the first pilot's watch, and I don't know if I don't really? know if too many people know it, but it was made in 1904 for um, I think it was Alberto Santos Dumont, which was. Um, you know, he, he was a rival of, of the Wright brothers and stuff like that. And he knew, uh, he had the wherewithal to kind of go to Cartier and have a, a watch made for him when he could, you know, go <clears throat> on his, you know, 12 second flights or whatever he was doing. Wow. Then. Um, so yeah, I had no idea. Actually the Cartier Santos in 1904 was technically the first pilot's watch, uh, made for, 
Mr. Santos Dumont. And mm. today it's a really, really popular woman's model. They make some men's models, but they've had to like blow up the case size to, um, I guess, market them uh, yeah. well enough to work like guys would actually buy them. But I, I love the look of a Santos on like, <laughs> on like a girl's wrist. Um, it's just, it's a really sweet watch. And, uh, like you said, it's, it's dainty and it, it um, I guess, you know, just... I, 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 my favorite example of a, of a, of a, of a modern watch designed for a man, but was worn by a woman. And in my opinion was like hardcore pulled off is that, and I know you've seen, I think I've talked about it. There's an image of Charlize Theron. I think she's wearing like a deep sea dweller, at like a Knicks game. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> or like, or not, or, or not a Knicks, but whoever the fuck, I, I, I don't know sports ball, but like it was some kind of basketball game, you know what I mean? And she's like sitting by the court, and she's wearing like jeans and like these super like lacy high fashion boots, a flannel shirt, and just a giant fucking Rolex Sea Dweller <laughs> on her wrist, and I'm like, that's fucking badass, actually, dude. You know what I'm saying? Have you seen that picture? I haven't seen that picture, but that reminds me of um, kind of recent story that came out in the in the watch world i guess rolex did some stuff with sylvia earl who has been like she's been she's been diving since the 1950s and nice. uh, one of the hudinki guys kind of covered it i think with rolex and went on a dive with her and stuff like that and i guess she's like the kind of woman that has like several like sea dwellers and subs and stuff like that cool but she only takes it out on like the big expeditions <laughs> <laughs> so I guess on the actual trip with Rolex, she just had like a, like a little date just or something. And that's what she, and that's what she was like diving with and stuff. Like Are you that. serious? You can dive with that watch? Yeah. It's a, it's an oyster case. I mean, that's what it oh, is. That's so funny. It's, so it's, it's waterproof. That that's, that's what the oyster case was. That's so and badass. Good and always will be. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. So you see, cool. you see it. You see a lot of women rocking, um, like old subs, new subs, uh, like, that that girl that we saw at Bell Harbor, she had one of those Hulk submariners. She was wearing, yeah, that was that that, that was hilarious. I remember you, I remember you called that out. You were so upset because you're just like, oh, I want a Hulk submariner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so green though. Um, but it's quite it's quite green. Yeah, yeah. Every every time I'm like, every time I lust for that watch, um, I try to go see one in person, and I'm just like, oh. You're that green. <laughs> you're just very, very green. Um, you don't look like your profile picture. <laughs> no, you don't. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, is and and do you think that's kind of uh, obviously like excluding people like Sylvia Earle? Uh, do you do you think that's kind of something um, that's almost a sign of the whole big watch for women thing dying down, where like you have women maybe gravitating toward like vintage Rolex or like newer, bigger Rolex, uh, but still you're, like 40 millimeters. You're seeing more and more women enter the horology industry on the other end in terms of like in brands, whether it's actually on the line, like putting watches together. There's a very rich history of, of, of women putting these watches, you know, together. And we kind of departed from that once the wars, the, the wars started ending, you know what I mean? Um, in addition to that, you have more uh, uh, women working in like urology corporate and everything like that. I think we're sort of departing from it, but it's just one of those things where it's difficult because I like to think of it as men's wristwatches had sort of like a renaissance 
after the war, these dudes had these watches and, you know, they were either wearing them to work or they had to re-enter the workforce or something like that. And the men's wristwatch post-war just became a thing. The only remote analogous kind of comparison I could draw to between a men between a, a, a men's wristwatch in war and a women's watch in war is um and it's 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 this is one of the I shouldn't say this on air because someone's gonna ruin it for me but I'm gonna say it anyway one of my secret loves and I'm gonna get it one day um it's a Soviet watch and it's a nurse's brooch watch so um, oh cool nurses in the war they had these brooches on so they could have their hands free so literally while they're like stemming the blood flow from someone with both hands they could just look down at their watch and call time of death you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> and so um you know we've talked about this in the show soviet watches after the red revolution after all that stuff it was the idea of you know building something for a specific purpose for regardless of who it is which is why you had watches for train conductors why you had watches for blah 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 soldiers you had watches for nurses and so a brand called zarla or zarya i can't ever say it Zarya made a brooch watch, 21 jeweled, based off, I think it's either this watch or another watch. It's based off of a very early um, business transaction with Lip, the French company we talked about, I think, on our affordable watch episode part four. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, but I feel like the nurse's brooch watch, it's too purpose built. You can't really wear the nurse's brooch watch after the war. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like after that, the idea of the women's wristwatch kind of missed out on that renaissance and just returned to being a jewelry piece. But now, and I will, I I think it's great. I know people hate on them, but I think it's great that Michael Kors is making fucking gigantic watches, gigantic women's watches, because even though they're still rose gold out and blinged out, it's a step in the right direction of, hey, you know, if you're if you want if you're a woman and you want to start collecting watches, you want to get into watches, you don't have to feel segmented into these little, like, stupid, dainty things. Like, like I want to talk about this, too. Like, so uh, the first time I went on a cruise with my fiance, I had dive watches. We were going to go snorkeling and all that stuff like that, but she didn't really have anything like that. And so she specifically wanted to get a watch for a purpose. Not necessarily as like a fashion accessory, but specifically for a purpose. And so that's why we got the Casio MDV-106. That's technically her watch. Sure. Cool. Remember we talk about it. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's one of those things where I feel like back in the day, if this was even 20 or 30 years ago and, and a woman needed to buy or really wanted to buy a watch for a purpose, like diving or snorkeling or whatever the fuck it was, I don't know how comfortable... Or socially acceptable it would have been. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, maybe from a utility standpoint, you know, like serious, serious diving. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure it would have been frowned upon, but maybe when you're when all is said said and done, and you're, I don't know, at the resort bar, and you're there with your dive watch, and you're a woman, maybe it you might get some weird looks. I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Um, but I feel like that's changing now. I, I I read somewhere, it was either on a Reddit thread or it was an article or something, but someone asked F.P. Jorn, I think it was F.P. Jorn, like what his take on the women's watch, like what defines a woman's watch? And oh. like, have you heard this? Have you seen this before? No, no, I haven't. 
His answer, I think, was the best, the best answer ever. He basically, I hope it was him if I'm wrong. If someone else, someone please correct me. His <laughs> answer was basically a woman's watch is best defined, you know, when a woman is wearing it. A woman's watch is whatever the woman is wearing. There is no idea of the women's watch. You know what I'm saying? I thought that I thought that was perfect. And that's I think something that the industry needs to kind of start going towards because you have hold on, what's wrong, cat? Okay. Uh, she she just wanted to lick my arm. <laughs> Are you seeing this, babe? Not really. She just, she just wanted to grab my arm and lick it. That's nice. Thank you, sweetheart. Weird ass cat. But um, I love that idea. That, that the idea of the men's wristwatch, the women's wristwatch, I, it's all just bullshit. In all honesty, the watch is whatever the person needs it to be. You know what I mean? So, like, that's, what's what are you? What are your thoughts on that? That's that. That's a very good answer. Um. And I'm inclined to support it, like maybe 99% of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it can go the other way. I think there are some. I think there are some women's watches that were created from the ground up as women's watches, uh, to the point where if I wore one, it would be kind of weird. And the the one that comes to mind is the Bulgari uh, Serpenti Tobogas. Have you seen those? Oh, that's the one with the snake that wraps around your arm or whatever, right? I don't think I can rock that. <laughs> I think you could rock that if you put on some eyeliner and went full Jared Leto with like a, with, with like an untucked shirt. I was like I was about to say Jared Leto, and I think he's a Bulgari <laughs> brand ambassador. We're we're right. Is he? We're shooting brainwaves, man. We're shooting brainwaves. <laughs> I think he could. I think he could pull off that watch with some sweet eyeliner, an angsty past. And like some gangly Russell Brand limbs, I think it, I think you could definitely pull that watch. Out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh man, <laughs> yeah. But I completely understand. I well, the thing is, well, that, well, then that enter. Well, that that is the topic of a watch designed specifically for a fashion purpose, or a watch designed for a utilitarian, or even just an urology enthusiast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I I don't like the idea that. How would you feel? Uh, how do you think the regular person, like the regular Reddit neckbeard, would feel if they were like a watch lover, and they got on a plane and and someone sat next to them and it was like a twenty five year old woman and she was very well dressed but she was wearing a mean Seiko Marine Master, you know what I mean? I feel like it would look weird to some people. It would look weird to some people, but fucking awesome to me. <laughs> I, think, I think it's so fucking... No, I think that's fucking badass. You know what I'm saying? But to people who are like... I don't know, because I feel like there's still an element of... Not... I, I really am trying to avoid like saying gender, the word gender too much, but like gender snobbishness. Almost like this strange neurotic compartmentalization within urology. And I feel like it's still affecting the women's, men's watch type of divide. You know? Yeah, I th- I think that divide though is is mostly has mostly disappeared though, unless mm-hmm. you're unless you're talking about um, a lot of these fashion houses and brands that are teetering between um, acting as a watch manufacturer and as a jewelry manufacturer. So I'll like I'll bring up Bulgari again. Mm-hmm. Um, Bulgari is traditionally a, a, a jeweler. That's that's what they are. Um, they're, they're gem setters. They're, they're one of the few houses that do jewelry the, the way that they do. Uh, they also make watches. <clears throat> um, 
So it's it's kind of natural that the watches that they produce, I guess, for women or to entice uh, female customers uh, look a lot like jewelry. Of course. That makes uh, sense. Yes. But I, I think otherwise, you know, I'll, I'll bring it up again. Um, my wife, she wears, so she wears her Collinsville Nautilus most of the time. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we got one of the smaller ones. I think it's either 36 or 37. Mm-hmm. Um, and she loves how carefree it is. She's worn it a bunch. You can tell the leather band is starting to like crimp and wear and crease in like <laughs> <laughs> the spot where she where she wears it. Yeah. Um, but still her favorite kind of watch. And I think she forgets that I sent it back to you because she always asked me. She's like, do you have that orange watch? Where's that orange watch? And the she's, Avidiver. she's talking about the Gavox Avidiver, <laughs> which is a big, it's, it's a big sporty looking, like yeah. bold pilots slash dive watch. Um, and no matter what she was wearing to work, no matter how conservatively she was dressed, if it was like casual Friday or something, she always found a way to rock that watch with her outfit. That's awesome. Even though it was orange <laughs> too. <laughs> so, um, Maybe maybe women are being uh, slightly bolder in 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 their approach to fashion as well. Mm. Um, that that could be something that that fueled the big Michael Kors watch thing. It's a good point, actually. But I think that's died down quite a bit. It's not the same as it was maybe a few years ago. Um. I don't see them much anymore. I don't know. I don't know how it is in Florida. You obviously you go to the parks a lot over in Disney. I like, what do you see? Because here in <laughs> it's it's funny here in in Seattle, especially this time of year, people are just really into their gear, and everyone's wearing these like huge raincoats and like you can't like people just don't accessorize, um, <laughs> and it's kind of weird to see like. A woman wearing a watch i don't work in an office or anything so like what the do you watch, what do you see like out and about the sad answer is the apple watch the um, apple watch okay that's what i see most women wearing otherwise it is going to be like you said a watch that they would kind of buy from somewhere they're already buying something so like you know you see uh kate spade there's a lot of really, like, these like really kind of fun watches you know it will be those sort of like michael kors watch i see a lot of fossil as well you know still really i feel like i do they they had they had somebody do these commercials for them was it Kristen bell i think for the i don't know for the new smart watches that fossil has these new smart watches that don't look like smart watches they're they're analog dials but the um the hands point to different spots on the dial depending on what it's like doing for you Oh, like, weird. That's confusing. Like you can assign you can assign different hours to notify you of a person that's like texting you. So if you get a text from this person, the hand will always point to two because you said it that way. And then you look at your watch and you know you got a text from this person. But then how the fuck do you know what time it is? Well, it goes right back right after. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what I've learned in regards to Kristen Bell is that as long as the check's clear, she'll endorse it. <laughs> I, see, I see her fucking face everywhere, dude. Uh, All right. But it's, I, I haven't seen that commercial, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it was her. I'm pretty sure if it was her, I'll link to it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so a lot of Apple Watches then. 
A lot of Apple Watches, yeah. I mean, like it, it, it. That's why I see in the parks also, because I think people are using it for like, you know, pedometers, like tracking steps and everything. Um, okay. I feel like women who are our age, who are like shopping at these places that you get, like Michael Kors, where you can't get bigger watches. It's specifically, I think the bigger women's watch is a response also to like growing up and seeing the watches that their moms wore. Cause my mom, she has a bunch of like super like, like luxury women's watches, but they're like, they're like pennies on dental floss. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and so uh... I feel like, like, especially with certain aspects of women's fashion, there's a, there's a balance you want to find where you want to do something that's classic, but it's super, super easy with modern women's fashion to be classic and teeter on like old lady retro. You know what I mean? Well, the so same, it's, same thing can happen with purses if you think about it too. Like, yeah. you know, back in the day, they were generally small or you would just have a clutch or something. Today you have these women paying like Rolex Daytona prices for Hermes like purses that are just like, I don't know, man, like like the size of a door <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> you know what's so funny about men's fashion i could wear a suit that was worn by someone 60 years ago and it would still be completely awesome yeah yeah definitely i don't think it's the same with women's fashion how weird is that i i think with suits actually the the evolution of of the men's suit has actually uh, i don't know it's it's less elegant it was less elegant i think in the 90s and then we're we're slowly kind of going back to the Cary Grant era, uh, Clark Gable kind of suits, mm -hmm. and uh, but yeah, with with I don't know, it's it depends on what's in now, and uh, but I don't know, I don't know if women back in the day, like 50s, 60s, wore these huge watches. I think that was no, like you no. said, uh, maybe a reaction to mom's watch and what she wore. I want to do something totally different. Um, because yeah. the thing is also if you think about it like it's still the idea uh, I keep saying it in regards to like the 50s and 60s and like that many decades ago in regards to like gender roles and things like that you it was the idea that like if like let's say if it's like a, like a married woman at home you know accent, accentuating the femininity so you buy her a dainty watch but tech, like you know maybe it's like a jewelry piece as well you know and so I think slowly as we're kind of getting away from that gender stereotype, maybe we're getting into like a more, more diverse option for just, or not, not, not even options, because options is not the answer. A perspective shift is the answer. I think the idea of the women's watch is ridiculous. Yeah. That, that, that weird Bulgari snake watch, I don't think that's a women's watch. I think that's just an ugly watch. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And some people you, can not, ugly watch gonna, if they want you're, to. You're not going to try to score one for, for your fiancé? How much is that watch? Maybe. How much is that watch? It's like $13,000, man. No, it's ridiculous. It's the cost of my entire <laughs> wedding, dude. I'll just make her a watch. That's not like a snake. It'll be like an otter or something. Oh, All right? man. I, it's funny. Recently, I found... Uh, the last time I was in Miami, I found... Um, Jared Leto? Not Jared Leto. <laughs> He's more of an LA guy, I think. Um, that guy, <laughs> but I found my mom's watch. Uh, so okay. she was she was a nurse for thirty years, um, and she wore this kind of gnarly off the shelf Armatron. 
and I don't I don't know much about that brand. Familiar. Um, but just kind of another brand that sort of died and is half zombified these days. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, she wore that damn thing every day, man. And she was a nurse, and she she used it for pulse, like whenever she was like, yep, going on her rounds and stuff. Um, and I just happened to dig it up, and I don't know. I could just I could just like see her using that shit, man. So like, even even though like they might have been daintier in the past and and weird, like some of those things might have just like they had them because they worked and they needed them. A good you know? point. It's a really good point, actually. Um, Interesting. But I, but I, I do love to see subs on the ladies. <laughs> Dude, Google it right now. Google on your phone. Charlie's there on Deep Sea Dweller. It's her like eating potato chips and wearing this like fucking Rolex Deep Sea Dweller with these like super like half length strappy high fashion boots and flannel. It's like it's like it's <laughs> like the it. most rock star thing ever. I see it. I see it. Right? <laughs> Very cool. How cool is that? Rolex yeah. hotness. This is on Jake's Rolex uh, world. I love this mm. blog. <laughs> oh, it's one of the big... It's I think it's one of the 44 millimeters, actually. It's yeah, a it's, gigantic watch, dude. It's, it's also a self-defense weapon. All right? <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely alter- an alternative to the big Michael Kors uh, <laughs> if you want to... <laughs> If you want to step it up, yeah, this is back in 2010. That's so that. cool. I think that's just craziness. You know what? I, 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 so I think we're getting towards. Should we start wrapping up? Kind of just housekeeping items. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I, I mean, I, I talked about what what Nor wears. Uh, like, does does Becky kind of wear wear watches like every day, or is it some days, or just when no. you guys are out on vacation and stuff? Not, not really. Only when we're on vacation. Um, she'll wear that Casio MDV because, uh, you know, she'll just want something that she doesn't have to worry about. And if we're traveling somewhere where we don't have cell phone signal, we can't check the time. Or if we get caught in the rain, mm-hmm. she knows that the Casio MDV will be okay. You know what I mean? Do, do you ever um, pester her to, to wear a watch? Because I, I do that to my wife. No. Well, the thing is, also, um, uh, Becky works. Uh, she, she, she's a hostess in a restaurant. So she can't really wear jewelry and food and beverage because sometimes ah, she'll have to be she'll, sometimes she'll have to be like a like a, like a food runner on the fly, you know what I mean? So she can't really wear mm-hmm. um, jewelry. She can't even wear her engagement ring, which like sucks. You know? oh, yeah. So it just sits in the sits in the box here, waiting for someone to break in and steal it. <laughs> no, you and your cats are guarding it, man. That's true. I'm home now. I'm home all the time now. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna die in this apartment. Pretty rock and roll, man. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, so it's, it's, she's always sort of had a mind for a specific use, you know, in like that watch choice. Um, I think women's watches is something I want to talk about more, but it's also a little ridiculous that we're just two dudes talking about women's watches. I know some women listen to the show. Um, if you have any perspective or anything like that in regards to what we're like talking about or, uh, hold on a second. No, there's no, there's no time. No, no, not today. We have to go. I know I have to go. You're distracting me. I'm not distracting. Okay. Um, I know we've, a lot of women. We've heard sorry, quite a, quite a bit from the ladies in our lives. Uh, this episode. Today, today, yes, today, yes. Uh, uh, Nora dropped her keys as she walked in, and, and Becky dropped ice cream as she was putting it back in the freezer. 
I think I think I think it's totally appropriate. But yeah, I know I know I know plenty of women listen to the show. If you have any perspectives on things we've said, things we might have an oversight on, things we might necessarily have accounted for, which is entirely possible because we're coming at it from our you know specific dude perspective. Uh, totally write in. You can hit us up on Instagram. You can email us tbws.contact@gmail.com. You can write on the website on the show notes for this actual episode. Um, we're on Facebook too, but I need to really get better at like actually checking Facebook. Um, I haven't fully integrated my face our Facebook into my phone because I don't have I don't have have Zuckerberg know everything about me. Oh, he you already I mean? does. He already does. He already. That's I guess that's true. He already does. Uh, so I'll probably end up doing that, but um, but yeah, I would love to just hear from anyone or 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 any dudes who have had conversations with women collectors or just anything like that. Like I I, I think it's one of those things I would love to just open up the dialogue on and just learn more about. As someone you know, me specifically, that's like designing. I guess like, it kind of feels weird saying it, but like I'm designing watches. I just think it'd be super interesting to hear that because none of the Rivka pre-order folks are are are, are women. You know what I mean? So, um, but I'm trying to think, are there, wasn't there recently a, a couple CEO ships and some of these big luxury brands were now, I think Richemont, I, you know, I'm not sure. I know most recently Richemont kind of, oh, hello, the is the pizza there? <laughs> no, it's a little late at night, 9 PM. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> Well, um, okay. Hold on one second. Stay in the air. If I get stabbed, I'm, I'm going to need you to tell people what happened. All right? Yeah, yeah. I'll be here. Who rings the doorbell at 9 p.m.? Maybe, uh, maybe I'm yelling too much, babe. No, I'm GPS. My boxes. 9 p.m. But um, but yeah, would love to hear from you. Uh, 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 any women collectors, anything like that, or if you work in the industry and listen to the show, anything. It's just it's one of those things where I would love to expand my own knowledge. Just so we can, I mean, maybe even like put some fun pieces together, or I mean, depending on the situation, we could try and have someone on the show. If there was like a like a, like like a, a woman watch collector, I think that would just be so much fun. Yeah. You know? Another thing that I want to talk about eventually, if we re- revisit the topic, um, is brands that actually, you know, as as silly as the idea is of a dedicated <clears throat> women's watch, um, you know, brands that just do it really, really well. Or, mm-hmm. or that make like an incredible watch uh, that is just like, I don't know. I'd love to see on Nora's wrist or like Becky's wrist or something like um, like that charming bird. Like that's pretty badass. <laughs> I fucking love that watch. I shouldn't. It's a stupid watch, but I fucking love that watch, dude. I mean, if Nora, had, cool if Nora had that on her wrist, man, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> it's also like a $400,000 watch. Just... <laughs> I know, right? Uh, that's like that's, that's, that's like a whole different level of like watch collecting you know what i mean yeah that's 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 like oh i could have bought madagascar but i decided to buy a watch instead <laughs> but um is it is it time should i start to do you think there's anything that we can still say before we before we go because i feel like there's just so much more i want to like talk about and expound upon but there's just i want to get another voice in the mix yeah no know? it's it's a big topic that we've like I said, I'm surprised it's it's taken us this long. Um, I guess I want I want to revisit it. I definitely want to revisit it, even if it's just like women's watches in like world wars or something like that, or like specifically like we could do like an episode on the radium girls or just like Correct. something something super super cool, man. You know. I, I guess one last thing. Um, you know, like we have a lot of dudes that listen to the show. Um, if you have a special 
lady in your life? You know, does she wear watches? Um, you know, yeah. did you kind of get her into watches? Uh, will she never buy an Apple watch because you're a watch guy and you have that kind of influence? <laughs> um, just kind of share with us and let us know. And, um, you know, we'll probably pick that, pick that back up in another episode. I'd love to. I think it'd be so much fun. Um, oh, and we could also even have like a guest piece on the website written by, um, you know, a woman watch collector. Anything. Yeah. I think it'd just be, I think, I think it'd just be a blast. But here, let me do the recap. Um, what the hell should I recap? I guess I just recap the episode. Uh, so yeah, uh, Rivka update. Everything's going really, really well. I'm just heads down with all the renders and working directly with the pre-order folks. But at a certain time soon, when all the renders are done, I will be releasing information on preset MTP ones, just so people who want to take part in the Rivka project but don't necessarily want to custom design their own watch, there is an option for you guys. Um, Grand Seiko opened up a fucking boutique on Rodeo Drive. It's it's still just really really weird to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what to make of that. We'll see what happens. I have I, I I hope it goes well. I mean I think Michael and I talked about it a lot in regards to how we kind of feel it might not necessarily be the smartest thing for their brand image and just kind of sales longevity. Um, let me think what else, uh, EA8, we're rocking the strap right now. This thing is basically like homemade lasagna. That's the best way I can describe it. I think, you know what I mean? Uh, that's an awful way to describe it. But you should, you should never make a watch strap out of lasagna. Don't make a watch. I think it's a, I think it's a really bad idea. I feel like it, (laughs) I feel like it won't last. Be really hot. It would hurt. It would be really, well, yeah, I guess if you, if you pulled it right out of the oven and made a watch strap, yeah, that'd be bad. You know? (laughs) But like if you pull it out of the oven and like wait for it to get like room temperature, maybe it could work. You know? Um ba, ba, ba. what else? Michael's rocking the citizen. Uh oh, keep an eye out on the website. There are write-ups that are gonna be coming up soon. I'm working on a write-up for the Raven Venture. Uh super, super cool watch. You guys probably saw it on the Instagram feed. If you're not on Instagram, keep an eye out for on the website. I took it recently with me to Animal Kingdom, and uh, that was a lot of fun, just kind of taking pictures and doing story segments and everything like that. Have it on loan specifically for the write-up. I'll wear it on a future episode at some point, and um, look forward to that. In addition to that, we also have a write-up coming for, I'm going to, I was Moduko. I I, guess I, I I keep wanting to, like, like, like my, my speech impediment really wants to kick in on Moduko. Modico, yes. really really cool. Modico. Ran into one of the ran into one of the designers and co-founders at Wind Up, guy named Jacob. Uh, run by two guys, basically Jacob and Jeremy. Really really cool watch. It's I'm particularly drawn to it because it has there's three really great qualities to it. It has excellent wrist presence. It's still very subtle and it's very architectural. So it's one of those things that checks off those three boxes, which makes it a really really fun and just versatile watch. It's also very very clean, but not boring it it balances a lot of really really fun things and so i I had it on the feed for a little bit as well but um we had that on loan from modoko as well moduko there it is um keep an eye out for the write-up on the website keep an eye out for more shots of it on the feed i'll probably wear it on an episode at some point uh i have two models here i have one that's in stainless steel and on like a brown leather strap and i have another one that's like a it's like a rose gold and black it's kind of cool you know what i mean blinging it so what is it? What is it? You blinging it, man? Bling. I could. I could be. I don't really have any 
blinging it watches, but I could bling it with this uh, with this Modico. You know cool. what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, but yeah, so keep an eye out for write-ups on those on the website for the venture the and the Modico. Keep an eye out for just stuff on the feed. Um, women's watches. Know a lot of women listen to the show. Um, would really appreciate just like like an email or just some insight if you think you know we're on the right track, which is kind of this discussion. If you think we said things that didn't really make any sense, we'd love to just hear from people. Um, if you're if you're a watch collector and you have a female significant other in your life, and if you got them into watches, or if there's one particular watch that they bought because uh, you know they know it was a great watch because you told them it was a good watch or something like that, like appreciate any perspective on that. I just want to expand the conversation more. I think there's some really fun ground to cover with this. Uh, so look forward to hearing from people. Um, if you have any thoughts, comments, or concerns about anything we've talked about in the show, you can comment on the Instagram. You can email us, tbws.contact at gmail.com. I'll try that again. tbws.contact at gmail.com. Um, you can also write it on the website for the actual show graphic. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, if we've made you laugh at all, if we made your morning commute or your work day a little more enjoyable, please consider going to patreon.com slash two broke watch knobs and checking out our patreon page there it's sort of our little manifesto where we kind of just kind of we just wrote out how we want the growth of the show to be sort of our modus operandi for the things that we do and the choices that we make in addition you will also have uh you it's free and public for everyone you'll have access to our um our our uh Patreon special uh, podcast episodes. The first one is up there. It's a buying guide for the Raketo Big Zero. The second one we're working on soon. It will be up there as well. We're going to try and do those once a month. Um, you can donate and support the show if you want. That would be super, super incredible just to help grow the show to cover things like hosting and equipment. Upgrade. We, want to, we want to upgrade our equipment soon and everything like that. Um, we were basically able to go to WindUp because of the Patreon contributors. Yeah. You know? Yeah, which I think is just fucking super cool. It also supports the giveaways that we do. Every time we reach a thousand followers, each giveaway is supported by by Patreon. We give away a watch, so we're getting close to four thousand followers. Michael, what are we going to give away? A charming bird. We don't have that many Patreon. <laughs> we don't. I don't think that's ever going to happen. You let that you let that shit fly. All right, man. <laughs> that's a pun. That's a, that's, I think it's a funny pun. It's actually. a great pun. Um. I think there's some fun options we can we can think of. I think we've talked about them off air, and we'll keep it off air for now. But uh, yeah, am I am I missing anything, dude? I feel like I'm missing stuff. No, that was a really like that was a really stuff. good recap, actually. Was it okay? I'm very hungry, so that's probably why it was good. You should eat. You should eat. I don't know. It's... I don't know what the correlation is between me going into going into a, a hypoglycemic shock and doing well on air is, but there must be some kind of link. You know what I'm saying? You should eat some food if it's 9 p.m. over there and. Yeah, and I should pack because <laughs> I'm jumping on a plane in an hour. Well, safe travels. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. It's going to be a post-Thanksgiving. We're recording right now the day before Thanksgiving, but um, you know, by the time this airs, it's going to be after Thanksgiving. So even though you guys can't hear me now that I'm doing it in the moment, happy Thanksgiving. Thankful for every single listener we've ever had. Thank you for every single person that's even ever wrote a comment to us. Hearing from everyone is incredible. Uh, knowing that you people like what we're doing and are on board with Orology Bar Talk. If you're on board with talking watches and talking about dicks, I think it's I think it's just super, super cool. Uh, thankful for you guys. Thankful for Michael. Thankful for my cats. Thankful for my fiance. Thankful for basically everything in my life right now because it's uh, it's going pretty well, which means things are about to go awful for me. So that's just how <laughs> it ebbs and ebbs and flows, dude. So I'm just kind of getting ready. I'm bracing for impact at this point. But uh, what are you thankful for? Um... 
kind of kind of the same sort of stuff. I never would have imagined that uh you know the show would have become what it actually is. And yeah. uh thankful thankful for the the chance I have to to do stuff with watches because of our listeners and stuff. Go, once again going to wind up handling all those watches. Um you know, we wouldn't have been able to do that without without you guys. So uh and I'm also thankful for all of the family members that I have to go home to now and, and try to explain to <laughs> explain to them the insanity uh, that is watches and watch culture and, and the work that we do with watches. <laughs> so I, I don't tell my family what I do for a living. I just tell them I'm a janitor. It's much, <laughs> it's much easier because they don't ask questions afterwards. No one has a follow-up question to I'm a janitor. You know? <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll start trying the same thing. Just do it. it doesn't matter dude it's like oh, oh well what do you do i'm a janitor the conversation is over you know <laughs> very straightforward so that's why i tell my family that i do now i'm also thankful for trader joe's vegan turkey roast <laughs> <laughs> they're open they're building a new grocery store here and like local scuttlebutt is that it could be a trader joe's i hope it's a trader joe's because it'll be walking distance to me oh yeah that's the best man that would be sucks. killer. It sucks driving to the grocery store, but uh, right, yeah. especially on thanks or the the day before Thanksgiving. God, yeah. is it time? It's time. Good episode, okay. man. Yeah, a lot of fun. All right, do you want to start the time up or should I? Why don't I always ask that? It's okay. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike, and this is Kaz. You've been listening to Two Book Watch Knobs. Later. Mm-hmm.